Book Eleven, Chapter Four of Round the Block by John Belbooten. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Innocence on a Slippery Road. Walking with the nervous and unreasonable quickness of city men, they soon arrived at Mrs. Crawl's. The good lady was sitting at one of her front windows sewing. As she looked into the street, her face was seen to have a sad and thoughtful expression. She came to the door in response to a sharp ring by Wesley Tipples, who was tentative of bell-poles. Mrs. Crull kept two servants, but she could never get over the impulse to answer the door when she was near it. Overtop explained that they were desirous of seeing Miss Minford on important business. "'The poor dear child!' exclaimed Mrs. Crull in a broken voice. "'She is not here.' not here cried overtop where is she then i don't know sir and that's what troubles me so here the good mrs crull began to twitch about the mouth but she did not cry she had too much of the masculine element for that her whole life was a struggle between the weakness of her feminine body and the strong self-control of her manly soul in which the latter after an effort always came out victor Mrs. Crull then proceeded to explain, a little incoherently, that she had taken Miss Minford to her house the day after the murder, and had asked the poor child to live with her, to be her adopted daughter. Miss Minford had gladly accepted the offer, and had stayed there until yesterday. During the last two or three days she had noticed that Miss Minford, or Pet, as she always called her, was worried about something. She would not tell Mrs. Crull what was the matter, but Mrs. Crull somehow guessed that it was a love affair. She remembered the handsome, dissipated young man at the inquest, and she had seen him standing at the corner below her house only two days before Miss Minford left. Left! exclaimed Overtop, jumping at a conclusion. Then that villain has abducted and ruined her. It's bad enough, I fear, continued Mrs. Crull, but perhaps not so bad as that ere. Anyhow, I hopes not. I spoke to Pet about that young man, and she looked as innocent as a spring lamb at me, though she kind of blushed when she denied having met him since the trial. And to do her justice, I don't think she had met him then, though I sort of suspect she seen him from the window two or three times she had a habit of looking out of the window, and that he contrived to have a talk with her somewhere and somehow the day before she went away, and I think he must have had the cheek to come into this very room. Mrs. Crull had shown her visitors into her front parlor, because one of my servants says that she heard a strange voice in the entry, and the door shut as if somebody had gone out. When she come into the entry to see who it was, she saw Pet hurrying into the parlor, and heard her humming a tune. Pet wasn't in the habit of humming tunes, and the servant thought that rather suspicious. So do I. Not of any wrong, mind you. I wouldn't believe that till it was proved. But to make a long story short, here is the note that poor Pet left on my dressing table read it. I, I haven't got my spectacles. 
The truth was that Mrs. Crull's eyes were filling with tears, and she could not have read the now familiar lines on that little piece of paper even with the powerful aid of her spectacles. Monday evening, dear Mrs. Crull, please pardon me for what I have done. I knew you would not consent to it, and so I did not tell you. I was afraid I should become a burden to you, though you are too good-hearted to say so. I have a nice place and am earning my own living honestly. Do not try to find me. But believe I will always be good and worthy of your love, and some day will repay you for all your kindness. With love and respect, Patty Minford. A very strange note murmured Overtop. Young girls are not apt to complain of being burdens or to take such misanthropic views of life. There is a man's hand in this, that wretch Van Quintum, Jr., without a doubt. Did you never warn Miss Minford against him? Once, said Mrs. Crull, with a faint choke in her voice, I had noticed his glances toward her at the inquest, and I told her he was a bad young man, and she must not allow him to speak to her in the street, and that if he should come to my house to see her, I should shut the door in his face. And what did she say to that? She said all she knew about him was that he had saved her life once. She couldn't forget that. Then I showed her how improper it was in him to hide his own name from her, and what horrid holes these gambling dens was which he goes to. I also pointed out how unfeeling his conduct was to his poor old father. And what did she say to all that? She nodded her head and said, Yes, so it was. But I see now that all my talk didn't make no impression on her. The sum of it is, said Overtop, that she loves this worthless vagabond, and knew that you would not permit his visits to your house. Therefore she has left you. Mrs. Crull was a woman of firmness as well as affection. She regretted that her opposition to this young man should have been the means of driving Pet away, but she knew that she had done what any prudent mother would have done for her own child. I'm sorry it has come to this, said she, but I did it all for the best, heaven knows. Gentlemen, we must find this child, but how? Tiffles, being a man of infinite expedience, and accustomed to solve problems for himself, and everybody else, at the shortest notice, answered at once, not by advertising for her, or putting the police on her track. Young Van Quintum would take the alarm and move her out of town. She will go anywhere with him, if I mistake not, until she finds out better. Have you no clue to her whereabouts? or can you think of any one that could give us any information? Mrs. Crawl reflected. Unless I am much mistaken, said she, I saw that tall, clean-looking boy, Bog, I believe they call him. You remember him at the inquest, walking on t'other side of the street two or three times since Pet come to live with me. He looked sideways and kind of sheepish at the house as he passed, I've a notion that he was a lover of Pet's, too. He's the man, or boy, for us, cried Tiffles. 
is in the bill-posting business, and knows the town better than I do, if anything. A shrewd fellow, judging from his looks, and if he's in love with Miss Minford, then he's sure never to tire of hunting her up. He must disguise himself, and find young Van Quintum, and follow him day and night, till he brings up at Miss Minford. That's the shortest road. When Miss Minford has been found, then we will consider what is to be done next. Mrs. Krull and Overtop at once approved of this plan, and no time was lost in putting it into execution. End of Book 11, Chapter 4